Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode of Someone Dies in This Elevator is rated PG-13. The flying chair contains sickness and death in an elevator. My dear sister, I can still remember the first time I watched someone die. I couldn't look away. It was so... vibrant. (coughs) Not at all what you would imagine from stories Mother told us as children. Dreadful stories. We are made to be sick at the very thought of gore or blood. No. It wasn't at all the terrible experience Mother warned us it would be. Which is very like Mother anyhow so I was hardly surprised. But yes, well, what I mean to say is, I had believed seeing death, bringing death, would be enough. That the fear would go away. Very much to the contrary, however. Seeing death, bringing death, holding death, could never save you from being dead. (coughs) Death could never be held, because it is the fire. Death could never be a balm, when within itself lies the very abrasion you feel. Death could never be anything but the absence of all things. (coughs) Especially control. Thank you, Reginald. I don't know what I'd do without you. It's my honor to serve your grace. Henriette, my dear, how I long to see you. Oh, Philippe, I have missed you so. Is it, is it snowing? It is, my dear. Awful weather. I, I've never seen Versailles in such a state. A blanket of thick white snow everywhere. But I simply had to see you, yes? I know your father protests, but I must. Oh, Philippe, you know I love the snow. Can we go now together, please? Only for a few moments, please, Philippe. Well, uh, yes, yes, all right, Uh, of course, but only for a few moments now, Henriette. Thank you, Philippe. Thank you. Yes, take my hand. And thank you again, Reginald. I do appreciate greatly your coming to visit tonight. Your father said I'm not to see you from henceforth, but... As long as His Majesty uses this mechanical art for disrespecting our mother and other such frivolities, then surely I shall use it to see you. You do know I love you, Henriette. But of course, 
I've always loved you, Philippe. Has the cold made you sick? To make such a pronouncement. I... I simply needed to know you know. Nothing more. Remove it from your mind. It was silly. <laughs> you are a silly one, Louis-Philippe. And I love you. Never feel the snow again. Don't you just adore it, Philippe? Philippe. Adore, yes. Uh, Very much so. As though the stars themselves fall upon us. Jewels of the sky meant only to fall and sparkle and dazzle us. Simply marvellous. What's your favourite? Philippe? Henriette, I avow myself to you, now and always. You are my heart. Please, do me the greatest honor of marrying me. (gasps) Yes. Yes, of course. Oh, Henriette. I once saw Reginald strike down someone for coming too close to us in a crowd, killing them instantly. Perhaps their only offense was being there, but as though it was stitched into the fabric of my mind, I remember their death well. <coughs> I remember Reginald's staff piercing their flesh like a hot blade through clay, unraveling their guts and blood and the colour. Yes, I remember everything quite vividly indeed, especially the colour. It was the most vibrant sight I'd gazed upon yet, or still, and I can recall it perfectly. The raw flesh and meat. Not a simple red, but the glowing embers of fire, brighter than the sun in the sky, and darker than the night that surrounds the moon. But you see, that's when the realisation struck me. As brutally as Reginald had struck the fatal blow, as clearly and exposed the one who now lay sprawled at their feet, broken box of wine staining the floor. Death wasn't something I could witness, but feel. And once I accepted that, (coughs) I fully realised just how many things could die. Henriette, I will bear this insubordination no longer. Do you hear me? You have never before, and I can hardly conceive... Hardly conceive. Hardly, father. Truly. If so, it offers little consolation that you crush my heart beneath clumsy fingers rather than brutal ones. I will bid you hold your tongue, young lady. I am the king of this land and you are barely twenty-four, speaking of love and brutality, which you undoubtedly know very little. I know much more than your grace permits me to know. What does this nonsense mean? How you wantonly disrespect mother and our family, our regality, how you use your flying chair to smuggle any harlot you might fit your fancy, as though we wouldn't be wise to it, when I have used it for beauty, for truth, for love. You speak out of turn. I surrender significant license to you, and this is how you speak to me season after season. Now, you do little else but mourn Philippe as though all life had ceased. For heaven's sake, winter has gone and come again. Henriette, my child, I love you with more than the sum of my soul. Please, 
Did I not also plead with you, Father, when you said that allowing our nuptials would... How did you put it, Father? Reinforce the Orleans claim to the throne? As though my heart is a game or a stratagem. I loved Philippe, Father. And do you know what word reaches me today? You do, surely. Say it, then. Say it. Philippe is to be married to another. Philippe is to be married. We're going sledding. What? I spoke clearly. Sledding. Immediately, Reginald brought word of the snow prior, and I know you love it so. I absolutely will not hear anything to the contrary, and expect to see you in the entrance hall upon my arrival. But, Father... Upon my arrival! You do know I love you, Henriette. I love you too, Father. I have often fancied myself a talented pianist. <coughs> I certainly don't dare fancy myself a gifted composer. <coughs> Not like Johann Sebastian Bach, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, or even Leonin. <coughs> but certainly I love to play their work. This piece has always been one of my favourites. There are thirteen fugues in total... Though regrettably, I won't get through them all. No. Sadly, there's not enough time for me. <coughs> I'm afraid I should have told you. <coughs> I'm writing you now, dear sister, because I don't think I'll make the morning. Two days previously, I went sledding with father when suddenly... A stinging wind befell me. <coughs> Ever since, I have found it hard to breathe, and have been coughing up much blood. The doctor attempts to medicate, but I feel the end approaching, and even if I could, I would not fight it. This world has not shown itself capable of protecting me, nor willing to provide me the tools necessary to protect myself, and when I dare deem it necessary to then build my own tools, they are taken from me, destroyed. <coughs> I've forbidden. Even some of those injustices I might have survived if I still had my heart. Once that was lost, I fear so was my will. 
<laughs> it seems that God agrees with me. <laughs> it pains me still to know this will hurt you. But I hope in time you can think of me fondly. <laughs> Louise, please take care of father. I know often a king overreacts to such devastating occurrences that exist outside all control. <laughs> My love always. Anne, Henriette de France, House Bourbon, Palace of Versailles. I must apologise, Reginald. I can't fill your pockets for this dereliction of your duty, as I so often have before. It's my honour to serve your grace. Thank you, Reginald. <coughs> Are you sure, your grace? I'm quite positive. <laughs> Thank you, Reginald. chair was the closest I came to everlasting happiness before it all slipped through my hands in an instant. When snow falls like this, thick and full, each drop is like an angel's kiss. In this life, I suppose they'll have to do. The Flying Chair was written and directed by A.R. Olivieri. Script editing by Jesse Shushu. Dialogue editing by A.R. Olivieri. Sound design by Tao Manier. And music by Roshan Singh. Starring Beth Eyre as Anne Henriette, Evan Tess Murray as Louis Philippe, DJ Silvis as Reginald, and Tozamon as King Louis. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama. 
where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hello there, citizen. You've lived in Guilt City for a while now. Maybe you've wondered, when you wake in the morning and retrieve the letters tucked neatly into your postbox, just where your mail comes from. It comes from the night post, of course. Those faithful couriers deliver it while you're sleeping. All the better that they stay out of sight and keep the unseemly strangeness that follows them out of our city, in the skelter where it belongs. <coughs> if, for some reason, you'd like to know more about Guilt City's conscripted couriers and the burden that chose them, their secret hopes and fears, the ancient, untamed threats that hound them on their nocturnal journeys, you have only to listen. The Night Post is a queer supernatural audio drama, delivered weekly, in dead of night, to wherever you listen to podcasts. Find answers at nightpostpod.com.